Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. My name is Tyler Chisholm and I'm excited because today we are on site. This is our first on site. We went on the road. We had some technical difficulties, but we pivoted. We pivoted and Graham shaved the day. So I'm sitting here at Toolshed Brewing with Graham Sherman. How are you, Graham? I'm fantastic. If you're going to go on site, it might as well be a brewery. This is the place to do an on site podcast. When I was going to break out of my shell and kind of go out there to the world, this was the place to do it. And right. why? Because we've got a fresh beer port. Right. And what, what is this beer? What's the, the, there's a we're, story. There's always a story. There always is. Well, we're drinking Passion right now, which okay. is our, our newest uh, summer beer. It's a passion fruit blonde ale. And passion because of our passion for brewing. I mean, everything in this brewery is all about passion. And uh, the, the, on the front of this can is our most passionate customer. He actually has purchased Beer for Life for off-sales. You know, like you can't drink the beer for life at the brewery. Okay. The man has purchased beer for life, and he sits at the our bar every day paying for beer because he just loves beer. Because he, so he loves being in the environment. <laughs> He's the most passionate customer and we've w- ever had. And did you like consult with him? Was this his? You know, was this his idea? Like, where did this one come from? We had a bit of a contest internally. Who you know who is Toolshed's biggest fan? Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah, Scott McGillivray, Uh He won it. Not the Scott McGillivray, not the okay. guy from the okay. the Home Network. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that like that sounds strangely familiar, but it's. I don't. I met him, and it's, I don't think that that no, was the not guy. That guy. It, so, ironically, though, when Scott McGillivray won, uh, whatever it was, sexiest man of the year. Yeah, our Scott McGillivray got the award. They sent it to the wrong Scott McGill. Did they really? He's actually got the the award. I'm the for, sexiest man of the yeah, year. It's, yeah. I have like so when someone asks you, you're like, no, no, I, yeah, like, no, I, I literally got the award. I have an award. Stick like, it, wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, told I, you. I, I win. <laughs> all this many years, I've been telling you, and you haven't yeah, been buying yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I know you're a man who loves a good story. So talk yeah. to us a little bit about like I'm assuming, and I would love to make this joke because most people I talk to is not how it went. You sat with your guidance counselor, and they said, "Wait a second, <laughs> you should start a brewery." <laughs> they, they all say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, your mail. You should start a brewery. 100 percent because that's the coolest. Thing and you that's get to be right. glamorous, invite all your buddies over to drink. Yeah. So, yeah. Where, where did it all start for you? Hmm. Well, ironically, I'm I'm not a brewer by trade. I'm not educated as a brewer. My my education is actually I'm a pilot, and uh, and I, I didn't go down that road. I'm actually I didn't know uh, you were a pilot. I didn't know yeah, that. that's yeah. why I moved to Alberta. I went to Mount Royal College and got my aviation diploma. But uh, but I got into IT. I think you know. Do you know Kyle Ronan? I what? Yes. I'm like, wait a second. I think there's a what? story that just layered into a story. My buddy, who I just referenced, who fights fires in BC. They're good buddies. You, you Kyle was know. just over at my place. We brought Shut over some moose, some moose sausage that he shot, and yeah. we had it like a sportsman's dinner. So our just fathers over. are absolute best friends. And There's two ex-Air Canada skippers, Air right? Canada pilots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and, the, and the plot thickens. Right. But okay, it gets crazier. So okay. my mom is like a children's entertainer. She writes music for Sesame Street, has a kid's show and everything. I'll show you video after this of Kyle Ronan and I as young kids on Sesame Street. Okay, all right, that's hilarious. Okay. Right. So <laughs> I, didn't, we I didn't were, expect the story to go Yeah, down. yeah, yeah. Right. So, so. Okay, anyway, so pilot. Sorry, yeah. I, I agree. So, yeah. so, sorry, sorry to the fans out there. It's two guys <laughs> exactly. realizing all the ways they know each yeah. other. All the, it's a small world, and I think it's shrinking. It is yeah. incestuously small. Yep. Mind your P's and Q's. Anyway, so back to you. Pilot yeah. flight school. Well, yeah, and, and, well. I, and I got into IT. I mean, I, that's that's where my proficiency is. I'm a nerd, and, and, uh, and so... IT is kind of like math. You can do it or you can't. And it doesn't even sometimes matter about the education. It's if you have that kind of mind. And so I worked at a, at a company that uh, had, had uh, a lot of contracts overseas in the war zones. And so I, uh, I was over in Afghanistan for, for a few years working on government military IT infrastructure projects. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, so, so, you know, U.S. Marine Corps, Canadian troops, Department of Foreign Affairs and International Trade – you know, anybody who needs to talk quietly in a war zone, encrypted, you know, 
tactical communication networks. That's the kind of stuff that uh, that I would go over and and uh, and uh, and work on. Yeah. So so from the outside, you kind of nailed it. It's interesting. You're doing what you want to do. You're working in exotic. Well, I'm going to say exotic. <laughs> exotic. Exotic. The right word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sand, sun. Yeah. Bullets, yeah. live Third grenades, world war zone, yeah, exotic. Yeah. Okay, sure. yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> but the, the ironic part is, uh, I, I my roommate over in Kabul, Afghanistan, okay. lives three blocks away from me in Calgary, back Alberta. To, back to the small world stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we became great pals. And uh, and and what was neat about it was we tried to essentially out geek each other with okay. with our hobbies. So I'm into coffee. He's into coffee, and and you know he's like. Man, you wouldn't even believe how into coffee I am, and I, and I would say, okay, well, uh, let me run this. Yeah, by so you guys were like typical guys. Oh, so, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna out nerd you with with <laughs> you know I bought an industrial roaster from Italy and shipped it over and changed all the electrical out and put PID temperature controllers in it and I even put a comms port in my coffee roaster so I could access my roaster from outside the network on my <laughs> iPhone and you okay, know, I appreciate. Okay, right. all right, I see where this is. I see the level of depths you're willing to go totally. to to make it happen. Yeah, and, and actually. <laughs> It was one of our security guards in Afghanistan that that had the greatest saying. He said he said to us one day, "You know what I love about you two nerds?" He goes, "You live by this model of if it's worth doing, it's worth going way too fucking far." Okay, All right. I wish- <laughs> yeah. right, and and it's like that's that. I, I have full appreciation for that, and I loved that when I heard that. I thought this guy gets me. That is exactly what it is. It's like you've seen into my soul. Yeah, <laughs> you've been in my mind. That's so, okay. So you're in there and you're and you're having a coffee like throwdown. Yeah, well, and it wasn't just. Coffee. Like the next thing we got into was was you know I I love barbecue. I compete in barbecue and and uh, you know we're you know we we would go to the the barbecue on the boat, which is essentially the oldest and biggest in Canada. It's kind of the Canadian Nationals of bar competitive barbecue competition. And my pit I love it uh-huh. has is it's like it's encrypted, and I can give you you know administrative access to it. You can log in, you can see the ribs, and you can control a, a PID temperature controller that blows in the coals and keeps it within a perfect temperature, and it knows the perfect temperature because there's a probe in the ambient air and a probe in the meat and there's this algorithm looking at the differential of the two set points like and, you know and that's on a charcoal barbecue so so my wife would say pimp 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 your barbecue right I pimp my ride yeah <laughs> yeah so so my wife would say why do you do this it doesn't make the ribs taste any better and I'm like you're missing the point I, plus I yes. just gotta be better than Jeff <laughs> That's what we do. A healthy rivalry goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. So I'm assuming you guys have some downtime when you're overseas as well. So you've got lots well, of and no, like no. That's the thing is 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 your your 24 seven over there, and yeah. you're so full of adrenaline, and you're and you're working in a really crazy environment. There there are bombs going off. There's 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 gunfire in the streets. It's it's there's kidnapping attempts. Is what you expect, you know, in a war yeah. zone. Yeah. Uh, but when you're when you're done for the day, you don't get to go out to the pub and have a beer, or go to the movies, or go to the mall. You think about what you're going to do when you get home. Yes. And and we recognized early on that we love these hobbies that bring good people together, uh, just sharing good times and good stories. And that's like that's why I'm into coffee. I want you to come to my house and have the best cup of coffee ever. We're going to share, good and we're going to chat, and we're going to hang right. out, right? Yeah, yeah. And and barbecue on the back. Because it's, it's a reason to bring people around. Totally. Yeah. And so so that's what beer is. I mean, we we got down this road and said, oh my god, beer's next. We love going to the states and enjoying all these fantastic, you know, incredible craft beers. And there just wasn't really much like that 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 we had here in Calgary. Calgary's right. had been kind of suppressed for 
craft beer growth for quite some time. So we, uh, um, yeah, which we'll, we, which we, we'll get into that. That was basically by design. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but I mean, early days, we just said, what if we brewed in our backyard tool shed? And and uh, so in my backyard, I got this little tool shed, and I, I, we, you know, went and set up a little uh, a little homebrew system with stolen big rock kegs, and you know, that's <laughs> our local brewery here in town, and uh, and started homebrewing. And, and I mean, I guess essentially the rest is history you know you start and you took it and you took it too far i took it way too fucking far yeah 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 security guard rob was right (laughs) (laughs) and i love him and i love him for it yeah yeah so okay so let's fast forward your what what year what year were you in the tool shed literally our first batch in my backyard tool shed was february 2012 Wow, that is yeah. not that long ago. No. Considering this facility that I just walked through, which yeah. we're going to post some pictures online, and I'm sure, please go check it out, but it's impressive. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. I mean, it's... It, it's, it's somebody who takes it too fucking far. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't appreciate the language, though, if you don't no, mind. No, yeah. I, I appreciate that. You're, you're <laughs> right, kidding. you're right. I, but you, know, you put the door open an inch, yeah, yeah. and then I just yeah. go <laughs> kicking through. I, I uh, You know, when we did our first batch, uh, it, you know, by the following winter, we had beer on the shelves uh, in, in the market, and, and that's, uh, that's breakneck speed. And we didn't start brewing in my tool shed to start a brewery. That's my. That's kind of the point. Is no, you, you were go, just geeking out on your next hobby. Yeah, this yeah, was yeah, this yeah. was. A, but when you make good beer, you know, we we look back now at the you know the barbecue and the coffee. We're trying to bring people together, and that's if that's the goal. If you're actually saying, you know, what I yeah. want to do in my life is I want to make everybody around me happy uh, and and share good times with good people over great drinks. Wh- or whatever, ribs. whatever it yeah. is, the anchor to bring us together. Beer is the greatest catalyst to that goal ever and so you you quickly see that everybody's at your house for you know the poker games and everybody's at your house for the ufc night or or the flames game whatever's going on you're the guy with a good beer well that's it that's the hub everybody connects over the beer and enjoys everything else that's going on so so that's in in my opinion now i i think that's the secret of life (laughs) okay yeah yeah. Yeah. you make it's clearly working out for you well, I mean, I mean that's a loaded, loaded statement, but I mean, there's lots of other things. Of but, course, yeah. But yeah, my but point is, you found your formula for it. Yeah, when 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 you go to bed um, and you think, man, I've I've made everybody around me happy all day. You sleep like a baby at night, and that's I think what I'm I mean by it's the secret of life. That's what I think I needed to be aspiring to do. I had a really high level of of uh, of job at the time, and what we were working on was I'm very proud of. And we, you know, we worked on some great contracts. We connected. All the troops, you know, Canadian troops that were able to call back home to their families while they were in service in Afghanistan. That was one of our, you know, it wasn't our company, but the company yeah. we worked for. That that's the projects we would work on. You guys were part of that. So you take pride in, in in connecting the troops with their loved ones back home, and we had lots of great contracts like that. And so you take kind of pride, and you're doing something great in a in a in a crazy environment. You're operating at a really high level of of performance in the field that you're in, in the worst environment on earth. Uh, so you you kind of like. Yeah, you come away from that saying I've achieved something, mm-hmm. uh, and then you realize what are we what are we actually doing here? What are we, what are we all supposed to be yeah, trying to yeah. actually achieve in life, right? And and uh, yeah, that that starts the bug. I mean, maybe maybe I should quit my job and go make beer for a living. Well, it's- yeah, well, okay. So walk us through that for a second Ugh. because there's a transition from like again, my my business partner always jokes like if I have one more more person tell me they're entrepreneurial yeah. while in a full time job, he's like yeah. oh, I'm going to lose my mind a little bit. Yeah. But sooner or later, you give up the comfort zone of yeah. like the, the 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 safety blanket of the paycheck. 
Well, I think I'd get along great with your business partner because <laughs> I, I, I'm not of the, the uh, way of thinking of you dip your toe in the water. Uh, I know that everything we've achieved here at Toolshed we have because our backs have been so squarely against the wall that we either pull it off or we all die. And so you just find so new there's, creative there's ways. no option. There's, there's no, no option, option. but yeah. to, sometimes it means creating a solution that has never existed before. But but uh, we've since day one had uh, had been up against that kind of uh, uh, kind of a dilemma. So so when we decided this is it, dilemma number one: my wife hates beer. She hates everything about <laughs> beer, right? So, so I can't even go in the house and say, "Hey, honey, uh, what let, do you think?" Let me tell you. Yeah, about let just hear me out. What if we quit a well-paying government military job and I homebrew for a living? Right, that 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 conversation doesn't. Uh... When you put it that way, it does seem like it has a few holes. Yeah, it's got it a few holes. Yeah, 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 it does. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, she might yeah. poke a few holes in it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the trick with, is with, with her foot. Kicking there's, in yeah, the ass. there's no dipping your toe in the water. Yeah, yeah. You just quit your job, <laughs> and uh, then you got no choice. Right, right. You, So you basically you burn the boats, is what you're saying. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But, but the problem is, you almost burn the boat with your wife because I didn't go in and say, "Hey, let's have a discussion about this." I quit my job. And uh, and I'm like, okay, honey, that's real. How long have you been married at this time? Just just since we're on oh, this we've side. been divorced for you. No, I'm just oh, yeah. kidding. Oh, we're so still yeah. married. We're still married. I'm totally kidding. I just went with a happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you are. I know yeah, you are. exactly. Uh, we've been married for 18 years, uh, and but it's a different situation for me. If you have a wife that allows you to go live in a war zone for eight years yeah. or yeah. for eight, eight months to a year at a time, and, and uh, uh, she she's she used knows. to quote unquote irregular behavior. Right. <laughs> I, maybe that's a takeaway from this. If you want to start a brewery, go live in Afghanistan for a few years, and your wife will let you do anything because I'm, I got a buddy who's also in the military. He's like Tyler. You can normalize anything. Yeah, if you, if <laughs> totally. you expose yourself to enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you've normalized a little bit of crazy for for her. She's used to that. Uh, that I need adventure, and she's used to that. I have to be pushing and and going past limits in in my life, and that those limits aren't the same as limits she thought were limits, or or even that I thought at one time were limits. So, but just to be in context, your wife is also a professional downhill mountain biker. Correct. She's a pretty badass. So, so this is somebody who's not scared bike, yeah. of pushing her limits. Right, right, right. She's quite. Just, just I think it's relevant to the story. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, you know, the, the thing with that is always, so, so I find my way through that discussion with, with my wife saying, listen, we don't have a lot of chances in life to go after the dream. And this is, this is it. I, and I mean, I have three sons and, and I mean, I can't teach my kids to go after shit in life and to take risks and to, you know, challenge, you know, their, their, you know, their goals and, and their limits. If I'm not doing it myself, you can't teach your kids that when you're sitting in a full-time job as in a, I mean, I don't even want to pick a job, but like, I can't imagine yeah, yeah, sitting totally. in front of spreadsheets all day saying, Hey, you kids should uh, follow your dreams and go after it and take chances. Right. So, uh, so I, I know it's, I get the irony of saying I need to start a brewery. It's for the kids, <laughs> but, but, Okay, I didn't hear that directly, but yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. get it. No, I, but at the le- same time, leading by example isn't the best way. It's the that's only way. Right. There's lots of cliches around that, but they're true. Mm-hmm. Totally, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, so essentially, yes. I gotta, I, I gotta go do this thing. Yeah. Now, when you do it, and you find out that what we were trying to do and what we had just quit our jobs to do is illegal in the province of Alberta. Yeah, you had some serious, like let alone starting a business from scratch, yeah. capital intensive things like that. You yeah. had some, like you had some legislative barriers that were yeah. baked into the system. Big ones, yeah, and and, and uh, you know. On the surface, you look at it and you say, wow, what a great market. There's 120 breweries in British Columbia and almost 150 in Ontario. And and Calgary at the time had, I think, two. We had Big Rock and Wild Rose. There was 12 province-wide when we went after this thing. And we thought, what a great market. Nobody has done this here. Holy crap, are we going to make it? Look at the opportunity. Yeah, and just so naive and and, and not enough, you know, industry intelligence or market research. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, you go after it and you figure out, wow, there's actually laws. 
laws in this province that say you can't even apply to be a brewery in the province of Alberta unless you can show the government that you can brew 500,000 liters of beer a year or more. And how, how much you brewing right now? Just to give us some context. Well, we're but brewing way more than that now. Okay, right. But, 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 but you mean, took a while to get there. I'm listen, just trying to get context with 500,000 liters. I'll give you context. Yeah. That would put you, the size of a brewery needed to make that, that kind of beer. Yeah. As far as the, the Craft Brewers Association in all of North America, that size brew house puts you in the top 5% of breweries in North America. Okay, so this bar, bar was set. That's huge. Like, okay, and That's is this long term? Is this legacy legislation? Yeah, like, it's been around forever. I mean, okay. so so what what happened was and nobody and nobody pushed up against it. N- well, you you could try. There was litigation what? in the okay. time. Okay, oh, people were okay. suing, and and there was all sorts of fighting with the provincial government. But I don't know if you've ever tried to change any federal or provincial <laughs> or even municipal laws. No, I didn't have that kind. Of thing. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't looking for that kind of a hobby. But, but yeah. litigation's not a great way to get it done, right? right? And so so we're looking at this going. I mean, nobody else has been able to get past this. And, and you know, even Lanny McDonald has a brewery. Yeah. And it's not in Calgary. It's, yeah, it's over the border. Why would, and, and the point is, why would he fight it? He's got millions of dollars and he's able to, you know, influence and, and he's got lobbying ability. But why would he waste it on a, on a province that wouldn't support it? So his brewery's not even in Toronto. It's not even in Canada. It's in Montana. And, and so that's what we kind of became was a, um, a province of of, uh, you know, uh, oil and gas that any other industry that's trying to come up and, and, and help support the economy basically got pushed out of the province or out of the country. Wow. So anybody wanted to start a brewery and found out this would say, well, I'll move to Saskatchewan or BC or Montana and start yeah, my brewery. There, there was an easier way. The, the, way yeah, easier. Yeah. Moving, yeah. moving out of province was easier. Totally, yeah. But, so, you've, but you kind of not you kind of pseudo found a loophole, I think, at the beginning yeah, of the Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so, I mean, I live here now. I, I love Alberta. I love Calgary. And more importantly, I found out, I mean, I, I didn't know this at the time. I, I don't come from an agricultural background. Um, I moved to Alberta you know, from BC, but, uh, um, but I found out pretty quickly during the research phase of trying to get this law changed that Alberta grows some of the greatest barley on the planet. I mean, bar none, the greatest breweries around the world come to Western Canada to try to get their hands on this beautiful barley we grow in Saskatchewan and in Alberta. And, uh, and we can't brew with it right here. Hmm. Right. It feels like something's not right in the hat with this I story. <laughs> well, and, and, and so the thing is, is you, now you start to think to yourself, Oh, I could just, I could move back to BC. I'm from there. I got lots of contacts, lots of friends, a family yeah. there, and start my brewery there. I could start any size brewery. And, but the more you find out about what Alberta is all about, we are an agricultural province. I mean, this place is, has the greatest barley farmers on earth, and, and, and they're not out there singing their praises about how great their barley is. As, as farmers typically do not. They do not. No. They're, well, they're in their fields 28 hours a day. Because they're working their asses off. Right, right. So, but I guess the analogy would be, imagine... Imagine, you, where do you go if you want to drink great wine? Do you go to Napa, or you go yeah. to the Okanagan, or you go to These France? Re- regions to, in the world that have been that made are famous doing what? because of that. They're doing what? They're growing the grapes. Yeah. Yes. The natural, beautiful resource that creates the, the product that we're trying to create, where that grows stipulates the greatest places to visit. So for, there you go for, they go there for that experience. Right. I, I went on a trip recently to oh. Napa with my wife, and it was one of the most incredible experiences ever, drinking wine in the places where it's grown. And so here we are. We're the Napa of beer, 
and and we can't even brew with it. You know, imagine you go to Napa and you say beautiful grapes, uh, but you can't you can't make wine. It's, here. Ali- it's illegal, actually. It's, it's illegal. illegal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but so what we figured out moving, was that, moving on down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and 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 isn't this just the Canadian way? You can actually export your beautiful natural resource and and, uh, mm-hmm. and to, to breweries in, in other countries that will brew with our Alberta barley, and then we buy the finished product back at a premium. <laughs> that seems like a reoccurring theme on yeah, multiple that's fronts. Kind of the Alberta way, right? Yeah. And uh, so, so we kind of got a chip on our shoulders and said, "This is something definitely bigger than Toolshed. It's bigger than us. It's bigger than us trying to get our friends cheaper beer." And, and right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. right. All of a sudden, there's this burden of responsibility provincially, and this is our home, and this is something that we felt uh, we're not moving away. We're going to go after this thing and and uh, and make a difference in in, in Alberta. And uh, the way we did it was was. This is what I mean when you come up against these roadblocks and you got to think creatively. Um, at the time, you could import all the beer you wanted into Alberta. They were allowed imports. So you just didn't allow production here without right. this massive production capacity uh, minimum. So, so what we ended up doing was saying, okay, great. We'll change our whole business plan and we'll become importers. And if we can do that, then we can import all these great beers using Alberta barley, and we'll promote the farmers, and we'll and we'll talk about Alberta barley. And and we got you're just taking the long way around. Sure, yeah. yeah. And, and and eventually, you know, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but uh, secretly we did know what we were going to do. So we applied, we changed the whole business plan, and we got that license to become an import agency. And the moment we got it. We found a brewery just across the border out in BC that allowed us to brew our beer in their facility. So imagine how stupid it sounds to ship all this beautiful barley across the border into BC, brew with it out there, drive back home, and then import your own finished product back into the province. Ridiculous, right? At a time when we are entering yeah. downturn, changing oh, economy, like yeah, yeah we're talking two thousand twelve, no two thousand thirteen, <clears throat> just when things, the wheels were starting All the gas to get wobbly. Gas is in the crapper, and and we're trying to promote. We're going up to the the provincial, uh, you know, uh, agency office, the Alberta Gaming and Liquor Commission, and 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 talking to the government, saying this is about economic diversity, and and I mean, think about the economic development. There's national studies by the the Canadian Conference Board that show every dollar spent on local craft beer contributes a dollar 12 to that local economy. Oh, and, that's and, an interesting statistic. Yeah, there's there, and these are federal studies and yeah. and another one is one in 100 jobs in in Canada is thanks to beer. Like beer contributes to so much and and what the flying f is this law in in place for? Because big breweries are lobbying to keep uh, to keep us out of the market. Which, of course, right? which, you don't have to think about that one for too yeah. long. But if I go into sit in the closed door meeting with the government, and try to convince them of this, it's just no, no, no. This is the way it's always been. So right. our approach was drive out to BC. We drove twelve hours away to a brewery called Dead Frog Brewing out in Elder Grove, BC. Brewed our beer out of that facility. Drove home. Drove back out to package, drove home, back out to put out fires, and and all the while, uh, you know, importing our own beer back across the border so we could sell it here. But then I went to CBC News, and I went to CTV, and I went to the radio stations, and I went to the newspapers, and I learned about social media, and I started telling the story of why we're doing this. And it's not about us. It's about these barley farmers. It's about economic development. It's about creating jobs. It's about growing agriculture in this province in a way that hasn't been done here. 
I mean, tourism, everything about beer. People go on beer tours all over the world. Absolutely. And we are the place that grows the best barley on earth. This should be. And never, and we never talked about it. Right. It was never talked about. People kind of laughed at Alberta for the types of beer we had. Now, I don't mean that in an, in an offensive way to the great breweries that have gone right. before us. Big Rock are heroes in this province, right? I mean, they they literally started craft beer in this province. But, uh, but I mean, one brewery, right? Wild Rose was a brew pub even, right? So yep. thinking about actual production breweries that can sell beer around and put this place on the map as the place to come for, for craft beer, that's that's what we went after. And uh, so it took a while. It took almost almost 500,000 kilometers uh, on my I, Tacoma. You were telling me the yeah. story earlier. It's, so, it's 600 now, but uh, but um, but uh, yeah, driving back and forth. A half and, a million kilometers and a lot of persistence. Yeah, and uh, and driving back and forth and just showing them what we're trying to do is about growing this uh, economy, and uh, and and finally, uh, yeah, it was December 2013 that they uh, they finally abolished that minimum brewing capacity, and uh, they tweeted us that day, and in kind of a congratulations to us. Oh man, I mean, I take that for the rest of my life with me. That uh, we, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a win at a whole oh, other level, man. And, and I mean, listen, well, and, it's I, a ca- and it doesn't just benefit you guys. That's it, the beautiful. That's like, it the wasn't point. you didn't win, right? It was a win, <laughs> and there were other people fighting, and there yep. were. I mean, it, yeah. we weren't the only ones, but I, what. I know looking back, you know, what what now has helped change policy many times for our brewery in, in politically, uh, you know, provincially, federally, and, and municipally um, is not just fighting against the system, but if your cause is authentic and genuine enough and it's affecting the community around you, the community will stand up and lift you on their shoulders and say, they'll write ladders and they'll make phone calls and they'll say, we stand for this and we do thankfully live in a democracy where yes, government do. officials are voted in. They go, holy crap, this noise is pretty big. We should maybe... We uh, better pay attention. Yeah. So now, since that, uh, since December 2013, there's over 100 new breweries in this province. And wow, that's, that's significant. From, unreal. From, from, you said when you guys got in, there was 12? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, now there's uh, it's approaching 120 right now, and every single one of them uses Alberta barley. Every single one of them is hiring Albertans. I'd be curious, like the, the profile around jobs, revenue, like yes. the numbers to support all that. Well, they've already come out with it last year. Another okay. another study came out yeah. from the the Conference Board of Canada, and uh, and I mean it's 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 unbelievable the economic uh, progress that uh, has been shown uh, you know of course nationally but but more importantly for me is is provincially well this is our world we live in it every day exactly and there's a lot of conversations going around like what are we doing to make things different what are we doing to change change our hoping oil and gas comes back I know we're holding our breath you didn't hold your breath no and and, you know I'll I'll go even a little bit further with this Napa thing because what's I what's really great about that there's a movie you can watch on it's on um, iTunes it's not on Netflix for some reason but it's on iTunes uh, and it's called Bob Bottle shock. And you told me about it. I haven't yeah, watched it yet, but you mentioned you it last time. You gotta watch it. Okay. And it's the story of in the seventies when Napa burst onto the scene. Nobody knew about Napa, and and these French, you know, sommeliers set out to show that French wine was far superior to everywhere else. And they went and got wine from all over the world to do a blind tasting to prove that French wine was the best. And they almost didn't even go to these. Pot smoking, surfing hippies in in Napa, West Coast. What the hell do they new, know about grapes? New age, and, <laughs> right? Bunch of idiots. But of course, Napa won for the red and for the white. Uh, they 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 cleaned up, and they you know the French went foul. You know okay. there was something wrong. Do over, do over, and they won again. They won everything. And so the day of that nineteen seventy six, I would I would have loved to have been there for that oh, day. Just to, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so you can still go to Chateau Montalena in in Napa and and try the the Chardonnay that that won for the white and Stag's Leap won for the red. And 
and and those bottles are in the Smithsonian National uh, uh, Museum of History, and it's a National Historic Day in the United States, the day that Napa burst onto the world, the global scene, as one of the greatest regions on earth for wine. What they are today as a destination for tourism and everything. You think of the impact of that. That's the impact of that. Where are you going to go in a wine? Napa Valley. Let's go there. So it's a great movie to just see what the impact is. That bottle shock moment globally where we learned about Napa is, is, you know, as old as I am. That's not that long ago. I mean, that's crazy, right? (laughs) So where's the bottle shock moment for Alberta? That's our goal now. Well, so what, what does that look like? What's, well, what's, well, you're, what's the plan? <laughs> well, that's it. Is, is, is what, what I do now is I do a ton of work trying to promote Alberta barley. So, yeah. so as, uh, recently as uh, a few months ago, I was over at the, the World Beer Show in, in Germany uh, speaking on, on uh, the connection between the barley farmer and the brewer. And, uh, and that's kind of a, a bit of the thing that, that I think has been missing for so long. We've come from this uh, industry where the brewer just or the, the farmer just grows barley and sells it. He literally it. just sells it. You put it, yeah, in, you put it, it in a truck and it just goes, goes away. Goes to a malt house. And you get paid. It goes and away. And he goes and recedes. And, and there's no connection to where it ends right. up. Right. And then the malt house buys the barley and, 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 and malts it and sells it to me. And I go, thanks, I guess. I just have a sales guy at the malt house that I buy bags of, of, of malted barley from. And then I brew beer and I sell it to the end user. And this is a linear path away from the farmer. Often that farmer who whose grain it is, he doesn't even know. Doesn't even know. He's buying so, that beer back. So if I go to a, 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 a meeting of barley farmers and I see them all drinking macro piss beer and i'm like your barley's not even going into that beer like the beautiful world-class beers that use alberta barley like lagunitas is one of my favorite beers on earth it's an incredible brewery of course down in petaluma california and uh they all they buy is alberta barley they spend millions of dollars above and beyond what they could for barley to get the best barley on earth. And they come up and they buy these beautiful beers. And to think that that barley farmer doesn't know about these magnificent breweries that use their products. So it's like, I, I guess I get if the, you know, the wheat farmer doesn't care about the bag of Wonder Bread, but this is different. This is the some of the most incredible substance on earth, like beautiful it's craft not, beer. It's not Wonder Bread. It's beer. Right. We're talking about beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you did something from a marketing perspective that I, that I loved, which was you put their, your logo on the on combines. Right. Well, and that's part of it is, is you know, in Alberta, I don't know how, how wide the, the listenership is of this podcast, huge, but, but huge. yeah, globally, in Alberta... We're saying we, we're going to go Western Canada for right, now. Yeah. So let's, not, let's, be, let's, yeah. be, let's be real. Well, to, to go back to, I don't come from an agricultural background. So right. I drive from Calgary to Edmonton, and I look straight ahead, and I drive past all of the greatest barley on the planet. It'd be like driving through, you know, Sonoma Valley or Napa yep. and, and seeing these beautiful grapes and not knowing what's growing in those fields. Not having any connection to it. What the hell's growing on the yeah. side of the road on that highway too, the Queen Elizabeth Highway. It's beer. That's beer growing in those fields. So there's a disconnect because most people don't know what's growing in those fields. It's the best beer on earth growing in those fields. And so, so for me, I think. Well, if just I'm saying gonna... that changes the whole thing. Like it just right. the way that feels. You're like, yeah. And the amount of people that do truly love beer, I know. but have never taken it to that next. Exactly. The, the connect the dots, yes, right? Yes, li- literally. Yeah. So, so now, so I put my, my logos on, uh, on the combine so that when you're driving up the road and you see this big, beautiful combine in the field collecting all that gorgeous barley, you go, holy crap, Toolshed beer is grown there. That's a farm that grows barley for our brewery, right? It's called Antler Valley Farm. It's a gorgeous, it's one of the most incredible operations in the world 
for for barley uh, production. And and I mean, these guys are. Do so you are, get all your barley from one spot, from one farm? No, we get it from a bunch of farms. Okay, but that's uh, those are great partners of ours. We have okay. brewed beers specifically with only their barley. So we've uh, in the in recent years we've had craft malt houses start up that we can say we want only barley from Antler Valley Farm right there. Okay. The McAllister family is proud because they're sixth generation farmers, and they go, "This has always been our farm." We want to grow a beer from from this field right here. That's awesome, and brand it right back. Yeah, like right there. That's right. Put their story on the can, right? And so, so we can do that now, and that's that's where you start to connect people with uh, this local pride thing. Is more than just saying, "Oh yeah, I guess I should support local." There's a sense of pride that uh, I know the family that is six generations long, been growing this beautiful product that I not only just make a living on, but uh, but I'm so passionate about that. I'm trying to educate the world on how important it is. Right. And let's be honest, we love a good origin story. Yeah. <laughs> like, but you know, but if we don't know it, you're not giving us a chance to get exposed to it. We'll, That's just, right. drink, we'll just drink our beer and we'll move on. Yeah, beer's not, way not, more important and, than and that. Not, and not think about it. How yeah. many different types of beers do you guys uh, putting out right now? So we have four core beers. Okay. Uh, I mean, we always we always know that that you know, there's the beer nerds out there that want something new every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's the guy that the beer the beer of the week. Kind yeah. Of yeah. And then there's people that are still, uh, you know, they they don't care about all that crazy craft beer world. They like their nice light, easy drinking beer, and they'll drink that for the rest of their life and they want to that's what I love get behind a, a brand right yeah so so we make a, a nice light cream ale called people skills uh, our red rage is a nice dark complex malt forward red ale uh, uh star cheek is our ipa and then we have a stout a beautiful stout called flat cap stout those are our four cores and okay. then we we do something cool every couple of months so so i would say maybe four new beers uh, uh well passion year. passion the one we're drinking right now passion's a great example yeah that. that's new and you said you got a new one coming out in a couple of weeks that's right yeah Tell, tell us about that. Oh, a big smile comes across your face. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I still have my favorites uh, as far as where in the world I love to get beer from. I'm such a fan of Belgian-style beers. Yeah. Uh, but recently going to Germany and, and uh, you know, I mean, come on. These breweries have been around since longer than we've been a country here. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, and so you start to see perfection in the simplest form. So you think, oh, a lager, there's nothing going on. But what Germany and, and, and uh, the Czech, you know, uh, you know, cultures teach you is that to perfect what we think is the simplest form of beer, uh, you know, in a lager or, or a Pilsner style is actually the most complicated thing on earth because the smallest details, the smallest variance from pure... Throw you off. Th- well, it, it, it's, it's visible. You can't hide... Uh, your ah, mistakes. Okay. So, so this uh, because this, it is so clean, crisp, it's and so simple. clean and crisp. You notice ah, a yeah. difference in water profile. You notice a difference in the slight variations of hops. So these guys are perfection, and and the Pilsner style is one that I have always admired. As uh, it's light, it's crisp, it's got hop character to it, and it's got head. It's got this pillowy, velvety, foamy, gorgeous head that lasts for days, and uh, it's been a, an obsession. The uh, you know the <laughs> ability. Clearly, clearly an obsession. Yeah, to that, that is, is a theme running through this podcast for right. sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things and, I obsess about and how far yeah, I'm willing how to go. Far I'm willing to go, right? And uh, and so that's what uh, coming back from from uh, Germany and the Czech Republic, we challenged the brewers with uh, what would it take to properly brew a Czech style. Uh, Pilsner and our uh, our COO here is uh, an elderly gentleman named uh, Evo, and he is as Czech as they come. And uh, so we've got the we've got the acid test in the back office. If it's not on point, I mean that man would make us dump it out. And so uh, so they went to quality, work quality control. Yeah, and they went to work first of all on water profile in Alberta. We have some of the best water on earth for brewing 
ales, not for brewing lagers and those nice crisp styles where it shows okay. off those. So we can't use the water in Calgary without doing some incredible treatment to it. So we actually imported the right kind of water and mimicked the the water profile of Prague. Where did you Where did and, you have to get the water from? I'm not going to tell you that. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. fair. Okay, well, yeah. we'll wait for it. Off- yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, we'll turn off the mics and I'll tell yeah. you all about it. But, okay. uh, but no, but that that's the obsession of it is, you know, we brew 10,000 liters of beer here at a time, each each batch, right? Yeah. And so, uh, so amount of water that has to get brought into the brewery is is substantial. That's why we're predominantly ales in this in this brew house. I mean, we have beautiful water for ales, so we work with what we have here. Yeah. But to go after this project, it was not only just the water profile, but what are the specifics of these age old techniques and how they brew their beers over in uh, in in the Czech Republic, right? I mean, this is a a different type of brewing, and can our brew house mimic? those styles of brewing methods. And it, and it actually could. We, we have the ability with this. We have a really cool, sophisticated brew house here. And we were able to, uh, uh, to absolutely duplicate the style and the process that they used to brew those beers with. And uh, uh, our brewers hated us for this project because the next stage of, of, uh, of a Czech Pilsner is it sits in its uh, after fermentation and lagers, meaning it just sits at a chilled temperature and lets all the yeast fall out of suspension for months. Oh, so it's a long, long, cycle. long process. So you've got this beer that uses the least amount of ingredients. You think that must be an inexpensive beer. It's hands down, no questions asked, the most expensive beer we've ever brewed because it has to sit for three months after it's fermented as it finds out and cold crashes so that you get that nice crystal clear, you yeah. know, Czech Pilsner style. So it's so, it's so like anything, once you start peeling back to layers, the oh, complexity, man. the depth that's available. And that's why brewing is a nerd's dream come true. We're just four ingredients, right? All beer is, is hops and malt and yeast and water. Uh, but the variables... <laughs> Sounds simple enough. Yeah, but when you peel back the layers and you start looking at all the variables that are behind those four ingredients, that's that's a nerd... I mean, I'll spend the rest of my life obsessing about each and every identifiable variable, how to control them one at a time, how to predict the outcome and make a repeatable batch, and then what variables haven't identified yet? <laughs> where, how, do I, how do I keep going? Where do I learn? Yeah. So what I'm hearing is this has got enough depth to keep you entertain to keep you engaged. Oh, yeah. Which is a, actually a very funny comment for you to make, because my wife always struggles with my severe self-diagnosed, but still heavy dose of ADHD. <laughs> and uh, she's like, this will last for two years, but uh, no, it has been... Uh, That's why I was curious, but when I see the passion when you light up yeah. talking about how like how deep you can nerd out on it. Yeah. Oh, this is this is the rest of your life. An- another incredible film that I watched at the same time was uh, a Japanese fellow, uh, Jiro Dreams of Sushi. That that one's on Netflix, okay. I think. Uh, but I've heard, yeah, I've heard, I have buddies who watch that one. I yeah, seen a master sushi chef who, who says, find what you're passionate about and spend the rest of your life perfecting it. And I, I think that's the opening line in the movie. And I'm just like, oh, I love this. Okay, Jiro. I'm hooked. What's happening next? <laughs> yeah, I want sushi now. <laughs> well, that would be the next step in this uh, perfect day we're having. Yeah. Vince, so... How's it going? Like, I'm really curious about kind of. So, what's next steps? Like the Napa Valley moment you talked about. Yeah. What's the what's the un, you know uncorked for or the the bottle? Like, what's that the moment look like? Moment. Yeah, bottle shock. Sorry, uncorked yeah. bottle shock moment. What's that next moment look like? Like, how do how? Because I'm an Albertan and I love. I'm I grew up in Montreal. I moved here. I'm from here yeah. now. So anything that kind of brings that kind of national 
like provincial pride that sure. I think we could use more of. Yeah. Like what would that look like? How do we, how do we all as a group make that happen? Well, I'm going to continue to toe the line for, uh, yeah. you know, for Alberta barley farmers and for agriculture. I think the, the trick is uh, the louder that I can be about this and tell you the story of why tool shit exists. My hope is that, you know, our tagline is handcrafted beer best serve with a story, right? Now I know I didn't get the law's and Alberta changed on my own. What I needed was to tell a story that resonated with enough people and the community around us picked up that story and they told everybody around them. And that story goes viral when it's, like I said, authentic and passionate and, and it, it, it affects everyone around us. Right. So my hope is, is that what we are as a brewery is a vehicle to tell these stories that actually mean something. I don't want you to go to your friend's house with a can of tool shed and say, Hey, this is the best tasting beer I've ever had. I mean, I want you to say that, but I want, I want <laughs> as more well. I want you to say this. Yeah. I want more importantly for you to say, do you know what I learned? Like the reason I hold this can of beer in my hands with pride, this fucking dude won't shut up about making our province better. Like this beer makes me proud because I want to support sharing the story of what we need to be proud of as Albertans. Right. And so uh, I think everybody that comes on my brewery tour and hears, you know, why we exist, everybody that hears me, I go do it, talks at the university and all over the world about this, uh, hopefully puts that, that story up on their shoulders as well and and brings tool shed beer to their next dinner event or their next party or their next golf game and tells the story right and that's uh that's uh, i think what it takes is is getting um getting that authentic story out there in a way where everybody shares it right well we joke about it all the time in marketing it's it's fine to what you tell but what are you putting on the lips of your yeah. of, of your like your fans your yeah. super fans to go right. and make it easy for them to share but and that's a powerful that. story absolutely we, we, we love stories. telling stories yeah. we love it don't mm. you don't you love when you go to someone's house for dinner with a great bottle of wine and you can't wait to say check this shit out like look at this bottle 100% right mm-hmm. and that's what i that's what i i pray for uh, for beer to become beer is becoming that but our story isn't just you know oh my goodness look at this comic book reference on the can right. or this funny, you know, uh, I, I don't know, clever, you know, pun on, on, in the title. Yep. Uh, this is about something much more real and much more important than just, uh, you know, a clever, uh, a cleverly worded name of a beer. And I think we're at a time, you know, as Alberta right now where we're looking for positive stories yep. and they're out there, yep. you know, it's part of why I do this podcast. I'm like, there's these awesome stories that just aren't getting told. Yep. And then in the gap, you think that they don't exist, but that's just not the case. Right. And like, I want things to rally behind. Like we're, we're humans. We want to gather together and raise 100%. up a story because it's oh, fun. It's our, it's our DNA. Mm. And, and I, I don't know how many times we all recognize that the ones that we do pick up and the ones that we do resonate, the ones that we do share are those ones that, that truly are authentic and genuine. We all got super, you know, heightened bullshit meters. And I know when you're just trying to make a buck and I know when you're doing this. <laughs> totally. Right. And, and our bullshit meters have never been higher. Right. Yes, and absolutely. So, so when you can actually see authentic, true passion for something that you can get behind and support as well, that's what what works. Like imagine you go on those fundraising sites where everybody's trying to, you know, oh, this guy's going through something hard right now. We got to raise some money for him. When you see those ones that really mean something and you go, oh my goodness, I got to, I'm going to pull out my wallet and and, uh, support this cause. That's what I'm hoping to, uh, uh, you know, prod in people is uh, when you hear the story about what we're trying to do for Alberta, you know, essentially you say, these guys just get it. And, they and just I'm, get it. And nice. I'm behind it. Nice. Right. 
So if I'm the average guy, I'm listening to this gal, and I'm like, besides buying your beer and going to the, and going and telling the story, is there yeah. anything else we can do? What, Support what? local beer. Okay, you know that. 100%. So so that's a that's an interesting one too because a lot of time we don't know how to do that. Yep. Right. It doesn't have to be just tool shed, and and so the BS meters would be flying all over the place if I said drink tool shed. What I want people to do is be able to go to the to the liquor store or go to their pub and say, well, usually I drink. You know, I don't know whatever whatever you want to say. Usually, I, usually I drink Bud Light, or usually I drink Keese, or whatever you drink. Uh, um, what do you have that's local like that, right? So, so for me, even though People Skills could be my favorite beer or, yeah. or our IPA, if I'm in British Columbia, I would say I love an IPA. Here's what the kind of beers I like. What do you have that's local like that? And uh, and everywhere you go in the world, you're supporting that local economy by by doing that. So this was a, a conversation that was the best ever I had with my mother-in-law because okay. she hated my beer at first. She actually asked, <laughs> you, I think your question was, can you get your job back? Like, have you burned the bridge? That, yeah, <laughs> like, have, yes, yeah, I have. yeah, totally. No, the boats <laughs> yeah, are the, the boats are yeah. smoldering off That's the off right. the shore. Yeah, and she's like, "Cause your beer is not good." Yeah, <laughs> and and I'm like, "Well, which one did you?" You're try? getting the fireside chat with your mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Oh, I tried that IPA, and I just I don't think you cleaned." Like the soap out of the tanks before you you brewed or something. Well, right? IPA is a very distinctive punch in the right. mouth if you're not used to That's it. My point is that is that nobody on earth had their first IPA in life and said, "Well, this is delicious." <laughs> right? This is a journey. The craft beer journey is an incredible one. And so you don't have to go out and enjoy IPAs. It's coming. It'll And you will eventually. But to be able to go uh, to your local liquor store, to your local pub and say, this is what I'm used to drinking. Do you have anything craft and local uh, that I could try that's like that? You just opened up your palate to so much excitement that uh, you're going to get hooked into this uh, into this industry and you're going to just fall in love. And, and I, I mean... I know, uh, being a wine fan as well, as your palate evolves in wine, it never goes backwards. No, right? it always goes forward. Yeah. It only grows, and you only get more complex and crave more yeah. things. You hopefully only drink Apothic once. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> my point. My wife, actually, not even Apothic, when she started, she could only drink rosé cut half and half with apple juice. Well, so she, you had to really work her yes. into her, her drinking. You had to work her into Apothic and beyond, right? So now if you show up for a dinner party and you bring Apothic to our house, I mean, no offense to anybody who drinks Apothic. I know, Apothic, I'm taking a shot. I'm yeah, taking yeah. a shot. I, 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 I live with my buddy who's a Somalian. I lived with him for a while, and yeah. that was his rent. Oh. When people would come to the... To, to to the store to right. buy wine and yeah. like oh I heard apothic and he would yeah, yeah. he yeah. would he would really, he was also a stand up comic so but he wouldn't you, lose yeah, a chance exactly. he wouldn't lose a chance you have to know though that people that are enjoying that wine right now you just know where they are on their wine journey yep and so for the same thing with beer when people say oh IPAs are disgusting oh great I see where you are on your uh, that's beer a nice, journey that's a nice way to think about it yeah. yeah and so try this one and try this one you can you can guide people down that road but I know a lot of people get intimidated going and saying well what the hell is jerk face three thousand or whatever or what the hell am I gonna? That's the name yeah. of a beer, yep. right? And uh, and uh, so you know, are my beers too? Like, what the hell is people skills, right? Well, what is, yeah, yeah. But like you said, I had uh, Jeff Jameson from Proof and Vine Arts. Oh, on, nice, yes. And that was his one recommends. He goes, trust the server. Yeah, ask them, tell them what you like, let yeah. them take you on a journey, have totally. the experience. If you're at a, if you're at a good place, yeah. all you're gonna have is a good experience that's totally. different than what you would have probably curated for yourself, which yeah. I heard loud and clear right there. Well, and I mean that's coming from a guy who has some of the best servers and some of Absolute, the best cocktails absolutely. in the city. So that's he does. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, that's that's great advice. Yeah. But I love. I'm I'm picturing myself walking into my local liquor store and being like, yeah. I'm looking for. 
for something like in an Alberta, yeah, possibly in a you know barley from this part of like <laughs> this just halfway up the, the QE two, like, just kind of a little bit south of Red Deer. Do you have anything yeah. like that? And just watch the guy look at me like my like I have three heads. Hey man, what, but that's how, how it gets started, right how there. How do you think those advanced? You've seen that movie Psalm. Those guys yeah. that are going for their master sommelier and they drink a wine, they can tell you the year and the field in the country that the grapes grew it, blow, it still blows my mind it blows, it blows my, mind. my mind too but that's that's the beauty of you know the terroir of the things that grow around the earth yes. i'm really a nut job for coffee and and if i sit down blindfolded and and, and I'm, I'm going through a cupping of coffee i can tell you which ones comes from ethiopia i can tell you which one comes from the jamaica oh Blue that's Mountain. awesome i can tell you you know and so if we get beans from alberta they're just not going to be as good as the ones from ethiopia and i you know it's the same thing so beer is on that road and it's just a, it's a cool thing to be part of that journey as it as it grows oh that's fantastic Grant thanks for so much for telling the story and absolutely like, I selfishly love what I do because I get to chat with people that are incredibly passionate about what they do love it so thank you my friend thanks for having one. me my pleasure all the best